Welcome to episode two of Hanging in the Hangar. I'm your host, Kyle Corey, here with Daniel Meek and our special guest star, Kayla Powell, here to talk about the Powell of Friendship. What's up, everybody? What's up? Glad to be here. The Powell of Friendship. That's amazing. I don't know if y'all know Kayla, but she uh, works here, pretty much leads the the young adult group uh, when Daniel's slipping up. But uh, yeah, we're going to just jump into what what Kayla's up to, like what, what, what she does. Uh, but uh, how did you end up at West End, Kayla? Um, I actually was a fellow here okay. about six years ago, and it's a nine-month leadership development program that West End houses um, and host families host you. And so I had just graduated college, knew I wanted to move to Nashville, didn't get to pick where I was doing the program through. They assigned you a church. Weston was a church I was assigned, and I've been here ever since. Nice. What are some of your favorite things about leading young adults at Weston? I think my favorite things about leading young adults at Weston, one is that I genuinely am friends with a lot of people, if not all people who come to young adults, which is super fun for me to be able to not only worship with people, but to hang out with my friends throughout the week. Um, Don't forget to talk about because of who you get to work with. Oh yeah, of course. My favorite part of being um, in young adult ministry is my co-worker, Daniel. Yes. Yeah, he's my favorite, favorite part. I know Daniel says every week, uh, Kayla wants to be your friend. Is that true? It is true. Yeah. All you listeners out there. Kayla would like to be your friend. She would. I do have a capacity, but it's broad. <laughs> so when, when I first came on to Young Adults, Kayla was like hosting a weekly Bible study basically in, in her like basement. Yeah. And they would, it was cool. They would like acoustic guitar, play like two or three songs, go through the scriptures, maybe just like check in with each other, kind of pray together. Um, real intimate, real small. But it was really cool. Yeah, 60 people wouldn't be able to fit in my basement anymore. Yeah. We started with like 10. 60 people a week. <coughs> it's not going to fit in my basement. Oh, no. So it's grown a lot. Yeah, it's grown a lot. The Lord's faithfulness has definitely been at play. And I think Daniel has been huge for us for teaching and just following up with people. It's been, it's been great to see. It's been super encouraging. Nice. You feel like your time here has taught you anything from when you first started to now. Yes. Um, and I would say that comes back to leadership who have like overseen me. Um, but I would attribute a lot of it to Bobby Freeman, who just knows how to build ministry. And I was just doing all the legwork. But he is super adamant of like intentionality and just like following up with people, pursuing people, pursuing real authentic relationships. And he helped me to just like build that foundation, and then Daniel came on. What do you What do you think that like? So I know we got more questions about you. Tell us more about your life and everything. But as far as young adults goes, what do you think like one of the coolest things has been as you've seen this thing go from your basement to a circle in the park during COVID to like growing and growing like what do you think has been like some of the coolest things that you've that you've gotten to see or like I don't know just what's your experience been there yeah I think two of the first thing that comes to mind one is just doing corporate worship with young adults I think there's such a multi-generational feel of Weston and that's the demographic and I love that young adults are very 
prevalent, very representative in the congregation, and the congregation is very attuned to where they are. Um, and so I'm worshiping alongside families, but also with other young adults in Nashville, and I think there is definitely some camaraderie and a lot of community that's in that. Um, and just that just wasn't the case necessarily several years ago when we first launched the young adult program. And just to see that grow and to see young adults be involved in corporate worship and serving in their church has been super encouraging for me to see. Um, and too, I think people are genuine friends with each other here. And so they're living life outside this building, outside of the church property. And they're living life in Nashville. They're seeking out their coworkers. They're seeking out other people. They're seeing people at the grocery store. And I think that's just super encouraging to hear about their weeks and the people they've interacted with, the knowledge they're taking from here, the foundations, and outputting it into the community. Yeah, we, we've definitely talked about before, like sitting back on a Sunday morning and you see that like one, basically one entire section is just young adults. And we were we used to think like, oh, we have 25 people coming and none of them go to church here. And now we see, whatever, 45, 50, 60 people on a, on a Tuesday night Bible study, and then we see 30 of them in church on Sundays. It's been truly like amazing to see our church be welcoming to that age group, and that age group just jump in, roll up their sleeves, and start to like get assimilated with the church. It's been really cool. Awesome. Kayla, what do you think incoming and long-standing members should know about you? That's a great question. <laughs> um, this is a give me, but I will just put it out there. Like, I am not full-time with young adults. I'm part-time. And so nursing is my passion. Um, it definitely some it's my full-time job as well. And so I think that job itself is a ministry and it has become a ministry in a way that I did not expect it to at all. And it is challenging in many ways, but it is so rewarding to give to the families and the babies that I get to take care of. And it is sometimes more of a ministry field than being here on staff. So I think that's one thing that I'm kind of learning um, in this season. Um, other thing you should know about me, I really like, there's a good balance of me between like serious and playfulness. Like I really, like when it's down to business, it's down to business for me. But the second I'm bored, I want to play. Uh, I want to go do, I want to be out in Nashville. I want to be outside. I want to go to a concert. I want to go to a restaurant. I want to go to a happy hour. My favorite thing to do in Nashville is to like eat and drink my way through the city. Because the food culture here is fabulous. It really is, yeah. So those are like my favorite things to do. Are there any food places specifically that you'd recommend for people to check out? Oh, yes. I won't reveal some of my top tier places, but... Why would, are you not revealing your top places? They're like, they're my watering holes. Oh, All people will see me outside. They're of the, sacred. Outside of they're sacred. So there's a few that I will not reveal. However, <laughs> some of my like top places to eat in Nashville are Rolf and Daughters, Redheaded Stranger, um, and Butcher Town Hall. Like, they're all in the Germantown, East Nashville area, and they are fabulous. 
fabulous restaurants. Alright, so go there if you want to catch Kayla in the wild. That's right. I recently went to Redheaded Stranger and it is phenomenal. It is so good. I've never been to any of those it's places. Last. Also, Butchertown Hall, guys, if, if y'all are hearing this, Butchertown Hall is fantastic. It is amazing. A little bit, it's not like super pricey, but it's a little more than just like yeah. a casual drive-in $15 entree. Like, it's like upscale it's, Tex-Mex. It's, it's phenomenal. Very good. Yeah. They have an incredible Paloma if anyone's in the market for one. A, a what? A Paloma. Tell us what that is. What, what's a Paloma? It's a grapefruit margarita, basically. <sighs> it's a grapefruit tequila based drink. Mm-hmm. I thought it was like a horse or something. It could be. I thought it was a sandwich. <laughs> 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 I don't know. <laughs> okay, so what else? Like, what are like things in Nashville that. Food, drinks, yeah, but like, what are some things that you, if I'm if I'm brand new to Nashville and you're like, hey, you got to go do this, you got to go see this, like, where are some areas or some things that that people should go check out? Um, I highly recommend a walk at Percy Warner and doing the overlook where you can see the city. Mm-hmm. It's on the back half of the five point six mile loop. Highly recommend that. Highly recommend going to any and all sporting events in the city. Predators game, soccer game, specifically those two. Baseball games are fun. They're just lengthy. Um, <laughs> but they're really social, so that's fun, too. Yeah. So any – oh, the Titans game. If you can afford to get, get tickets to the Titans game, more power to you. Please take me. That would be awesome. Um, but definitely, like, there's a big sports camaraderie here, and I think people in Nashville really just support their local teams. And I think that is fabulous and fun. Yeah, and eat, I think eating and drinking is just part of the city, part of the culture. Do you have a Nashville. favorite, um, like brewery in Nashville? The like breweries that you would suggest or that you really like? Um, Monday Night Brewing is definitely top of my list these days. The outside patio is pretty incredible. My only qualm with them is that they don't have TVs in there, so you can't watch sports. Yeah, and it's, it really is a really missed opportunity on their part, I think. Yeah, but the scenery, the location is prime. And it's huge. It's massive. And it's in an old rundown building, but they've really done a good job of keeping the original architecture there, mm-hmm. but also giving it a modern feel, too. Have you, ever, have you ever been there? Yeah, we were just there this past weekend. I had a couple friends in town. We uh, had breakfast at Monell's. Uh, if you haven't been to Monell's, it's super cool. It's a family-style restaurant. They sit you down with a bunch of strangers, no phones, and it's just like all-you-can-eat like brunch from pancakes to fried chicken to corn pudding or cash or whatever one it was it's amazing it's so good and then we decided to walk around because all my friends are from college so they hadn't been here before and i was like oh we could walk down the river i know we can kind of see it from monday night brewing if we head down that way um and right there like you know being an architecture uh i was gonna say student but i'm now graduated uh architectural designer uh in the workforce uh being there, it's super cool because you see this building that, like, the brick is pretty much, like, torn down, and they have the steel structure that is keeping it up, and you can kind of see through into, like, what I think is probably, like, foundation walls or, like, crawl spaces, and it seems like they're renovating it and adding on to it, so I'm curious to see, like, where that's going to go once they, like, accomplish all the construction they're doing there. Yeah. yeah. And the beer is good. The beer is great. <laughs> All I, the beer is good. I really like Monday Night. I really like Bearded Iris. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
if you like New England IPAs. Like that's like they have a niche, like a kind of a corner on the market. Reminds me of home. Okay, yeah. New England IPAs. Uh, Bearded Irish does it does it pretty freaking well. Are you guys putting your vote in for New England IPAs versus West Coast? I don't know. I go back I'm and forth big, between West Coast and New England. I'm a big West Coast IPA, like okay. double IPA, yes. hops, fruity. Yeah. That's I'm not fine. huge on IPAs. That's fine, but everybody can be. Yeah, I do. Well. I do like a good New England, New England beer. Narragansett is probably my standard that I go for. Cool. Yeah, I normally, like, around this time of year, it starts to get a little cold, mm -hmm. and I'll start to switch to, like, a stout or, or even a porter every once in a while, but just, I, I love IPAs, so. I would say Monday Night and Beard Iris are my two favorites in the city. So, Kayla, you talked a little bit about nursing, um, and you're doing both jobs, essentially. What brought you to making that decision? That's a great question. I have actually been doing this young adult job longer than I've been doing my nursing job. Um, I was like in process of going to nursing school right before switching to that. Asked to help start young adults and just have seen the need and the growth for it. I think it's because it's kind of my baby and I haven't really wanted to give it up because I love it so much that I was like, great, I'll transition to nursing and I still have the flexibility in my schedule to do young adults as well since I work three 12 hour shifts a week. So it's really the flexibility with nursing that allows me to do this. If I had a nine to five job, like your standard every day, and there's no way I'd be able to give as much time mm -hmm. as I do, it just wouldn't work out. But because I work three 12 hour shifts, it gives me space off to be here. And, and I'll brag so much on Kayla is like, I, we, we've talked before about like, do we need to hire a full, another full time, staff for young adults but like even if we did i could never imagine not having kayla as a co-worker to do this with this ministry to love on our people um just the insights the ideas that she has and just the passion and love that she has to see young adults in the city of nashville like uh find community but not just like community for the sake of community like a a Christ honoring, uh, God glorifying community. It's like it's been it's been a truly a blessing to be able to work with her, and she also gives us way too much time. Like she said, she works three twelves, and then she probably works like three fives here. Like she works way too much here. So we're very 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 thankful for that. Yeah. Uh, so these two jobs, uh, there are ways that you find that they complement one another. I can imagine. There's a sense of like caring for someone spiritually and caring for someone physically that might overlap. It's a great question. I actually can sometimes struggle with this young adult job because I like immediate results. And so my nursing job really like feeds into that. Like I can see progress, I can see immediate results. In a 12 hour shift, I can really look back and be like, okay, I've accomplished this in 12 hours. But that doesn't always happen with ministry. And it doesn't happen with people because people have emotions and they're complex and things with people don't just happen immediately. It is a process. And so that is sometimes where I feel the pull, like the tension of myself and my personality just wanting to go really fast, like full steam ahead to get stuff done and not taking a step back to allow people to be themselves truly. However, there is a, 
overlap, I think, with caring for people spiritually and physically. And actually, I think this job has really given me the opportunity to learn how to do that in my nursing career because I am communicating with parents and communicating with my colleagues and they're actually interested in what I do outside of work, which is really sweet. And I'm able to like share with them like, oh, I actually help lead this group at my church. And there have been follow-up questions of, you know, similar to what you asked me earlier, like how did you get started with this? How how do you have time to do both of these? How did you come across this job? And so that's just been a really neat way to kind of bridge the gap. And there are even some coworkers of mine that are interested in coming down the road. So maybe Maybe that's something to look forward to in the future. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, I think there are definitely uh, a lot of ways in which I think I can relate to that aspect of rushing things. Like you want results immediately. Like my job right now, I uh, do like remodels for housing. And, you know, it's a pretty small turnaround of like months to maybe a year or two. But, like, growing up doing, like, the architecture program in college, some of the projects that they talked about would be, like, oh, yeah, you're going to wait 10 years to, like, see this come to fruition, if even. And that was something I was, like, no, I can't do that. Like, I can't wait 10 years to see a skyscraper come together. Like, I want something quick and fast that I can just get done and move on to something new. Yeah, I I relate to you guys as well, because coming into this, doing doing ministry with young adults, um, before this was was teaching and coaching like when you're coaching football you are spending time on sunday afternoons with the coaches putting in a game plan and a strategy and monday you're introducing it to the team and then you're going out and and installing your your scheme and your strategy for the week and you spend monday tuesday wednesday installing thursday you're like polishing it up and walking through it and Friday, you go out and you get to see, was our scheme, was our planning effective? Did we do the right things? And can we execute it? So immediate results. And then we talk about like ministry. And it's like the Apostle Paul says, like, we are planting seeds and we are watering and we're trusting God with kingdom growth. And sometimes that growth is very, very long. And sometimes, sometimes you plant a seed and it doesn't grow. And so that can be really tough, um, especially with like, you're in both worlds at the same time of, of secular career, like your own career and ministry. That can be pretty difficult. How do you think that like, so what's the difference between um, maybe doing your job, nursing, medicine, um, without the faith component versus like how how your faith in Christ informs the way that you do nursing. In the medical world, a lot, you know, we're going off of evidence-based mm-hmm. research. Um, it is a, that is a great question. I think it comes down to praying for my patients, praying for the family members who were walking through this. Um, and there definitely, there's just a need for Christians in healthcare, um, and it's just I think you get the opportunity to be the hands and feet serving patients who are sick and literally cannot 
take care of themselves. And I didn't mention this earlier, but I do neonatal ICU. And so I take care of very, very sick babies frequently. Um, and so one, I get to see the miracle of life every day, displayed out in front of me. And I think it just so evidently points to Christ and creation, being in the OR, being in a delivery room, seeing a baby be born, be delivered is, it never gets old to me. And I'm like, this is creation happening in front of our eyes. And so I think I'm coming in with that posture, but there's also a posture of prayer. There's a posture of knowing that life is, it's um, limited and like life is short. And for some of us, it's shorter than others, but like God is sovereign and God ordains all. And, you know, we have seen cases where we thought like we're too far gone, you know, the patient, et cetera, won't come back from this, but they have. And so, I mean, I think you can attribute that to your to prayer life and to God and miracles. And I mean, we can we are intervening in always medically necessary in the ICU, but there is divine intervention and there's mm-hmm. prayer. And I think Christ is listening to all prayers. And it's just a really sweet place to be able to witness to people. Um, some of these family members are literally at their lowest points. And it's just a great place I think to draw people in and tell them that you're praying for them and physically get to pray at the bedside and and it's not out loud it doesn't have to be out loud but there definitely is I think a need and you can just see God's hand at work in the development of his children which is really beautiful to see praise God for that yeah do you feel like this experience of juggling both jobs has impacted your faith in in a way or uh how do you think like you progress through this experience um with nursing specifically or with both jobs just doing both jobs you think like this experience that's you know different than you know daniel's uh of like having to be consistently participating in a secular uh place of work versus being a place that you are constantly exerting your faith. Do you think that that's kind of changed the way that you go about things uh, in either job? Yeah, that's a great question. I think definitely. Um, with my nursing job, I was pretty skeptical at first to share personal details or the fact that I went to church. or I never shared that I did young adults ministry on the side with my coworkers for probably a year, if not longer, because I was focus on the job and you know there's a level of perception that Christians have and I think there was some fear there of what people would think if they knew that I also did this job too um I would say mostly my nursing job is just showing me more and more like God's grace and God's love in a way that I never would have expected it to um and it's bringing me I think closer to him in a way where I can just see life be given and life started and like progress and development and it's so easy to to think of like your day and what happened and if there's anything you could do better but when you look at the trajectory of of this baby's life like what what it could be the lives this one individual is going to touch the progress the future like when that starts to sink in I think it really just hits home and hits reality for me like this is not just day to day this is potentially like the rest of someone's life. And so that's something absolutely worth fighting for. 
um, and just praying over people. I had a friend who is my age, who was in the NICU, and her, she was in the NICU for a really long time, and her nurse prayed over her when she was in the NICU and said that she just prayed every day at the bedside that um, this person would come to know Christ. And like, hallelujah, this person is a believer. But how beautiful of a story that is and just really touches my heart. It's like, that is something that I could be doing is standing at my baby's bedside and praying for them to know Jesus. Um, and then the Lord would draw near to them. So that, I think, is something I did not expect when I started my NICU job. But the Lord has really revealed himself to me in that way. And it's a gift to be able to stand at the bedside of infants and pray for them. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, being able to see how you've been able to find just confidence in your faith in a setting where it's often hard to. I know I've found that like my transition into being a Christian kind of more on my own terms versus growing up nominally in faith. I kind of struggled throughout college to be that way with my friends from home who had never known me in that way. And figuring out like, oh, like, how do I tell them? Like, you know, their perception of what a Christian is is just so skewed by what culture is showing them that like, I was just, I was just afraid to be like, oh, this is me as a Christian for fear that they would be like, oh, Christians suck. They're people who hate others for whatever reason. Um, and like learning to just love them through that and being able to be myself has been something that I've been working through and I think it's something that I've grown in that really cool to see that you had a similar experience. And and we're supposed to be salt and light, like where we are. And not everyone's called into like vocational ministry. Um, the church where I grew up used to have this like motto or that was like their their um, philosophy of ministry that was like every member a minister. And I used to think it was kind of cheesy, but looking back on it, like that's, that's the Christian's calling is to be faithful in where you are. Um, knowing that like, while yes, this world is not our ultimate and final home, but it is our home right now. And we're called to be salt and light. And if light doesn't exist, if light isn't present, then darkness overcomes. And I think that's really cool to hear you you two talk about that. It's like, um, I think sometimes you hear stories of like uh, young men, young women in college. They come to faith. They get on fire. And they're like, oh, I need to go into ministry. And it's like, well, maybe sometimes you do. But, but also we need nurses and we need architects and we need like football coaches. football coaches. Yeah, we need people who are impacting people in a profound Christ-like way because that's where the majority of people are. Mm -hmm. Nobody comes to church and asks me if I'll teach them about Jesus, yeah. you know? But you guys are out with your sleeves rolled up every day and you have a reason for the hope that is within you and people get to see that and, and your joy and the way you live your life and, and hear you talk about Kayla doing ministry work or, or Kyle about being involved in college ministry and like that's so impactful. Maybe perhaps and probably is way more impactful than anything that I get to do. So that's super encouraging to hear you guys talk about that. Yeah. 
Kayla, do you have any advice for anyone who's working two jobs, whether that be in ministry or otherwise, that you think would uh, just help them through an experience like this? Oh, that's a good question. My advice would be not to work two jobs. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's all about balance. Um, I have a schedule that allows me to do both of these, and I have really gracious people at Weston who let me come and go as kind of as I please and make my schedule convenient for what works best with my nursing schedule. So I would say it's all about balance. I would say if people are working two jobs, it definitely, I can get the rhythm of overworking myself. Um, and so I would encourage people to avoid that area if possible. Um, but yeah, I think everyone's vocation, Christian are called to ministry mm -hmm. in whatever vocation they're in. Um, and faith and work is such a huge integral part of Christians. We are living lives. We're spending 40 hours a week if we're not in ministry next to people who we have no idea what they're going through, what their faith is like. And we have a really unique and valuable opportunity to witness and to disciple and honestly just get to know them. Um, and I would say that what we do in the workplace reflects who we are and it reflects Christianity, and I think, yeah, I think the workplace is a mission field, and would just encourage people, if anyone who is listening, that to make it your mission field, and that you don't have to have a ministry job to minister to people, going off Daniel's quote. Um, so yeah, the two-job thing, I don't recommend it necessarily, but if it's something that people are pursuing for various reasons, I would say balance is key. Um, rest is key, days off are really important, and that people should use their vocation as ministry to get to know their co-workers and invite them to church. Yeah. it's awesome, Caleb. Thank y'all for having me. Yeah. Is there honor. anything you want to say to our listeners, any encouragement that you've had throughout the week that you think would be good to share uh, before you go? That is a great question. I would say... I think tonight we're talking about Exodus. I, um, and we were in Exodus 25, and just the posture of coming of worship that Jesus or the Lord was talking about, I really struggled with verse 8 in chapter 25 because the Lord was laying out all these specific ways to come. Um, but then as I kept running, oh, they came to this place. They came to make the sanctuary out of excellence but not out of perfection and so we're never going to be good enough for the lord we're never going to be perfect but the lord takes what's broken what's beautiful or he what he takes what's broken and makes it beautiful and so we can come to the lord with a posture of excellence but not perfection and so that's something that i am trying to carry out into my week as i go back to work in the morning is that i'll never be perfect even though it is something i strive to do but I can't be perfect but I can be excellent and the Lord will accept that there and he doesn't even require that but he comes to his people and so that would just be my encouragement through the week thank you yeah, yeah that's great you guys. thank you for coming here and uh, just talking with us for a bit um, it's great having you on and, yeah uh, we appreciate having everyone be able to get to know you or people who are new and people who have been here a while just getting to learn some new stuff and maybe get to learn more about you that they didn't know so yeah 
This podcast is called Hanging in the Hanger, but what people don't know is that we hang in the hanger a lot. Yeah. I spend most of my time, well, I spend <laughs> a large majority of my time hanging in the hanger. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good place to hang. Yeah. Yeah. Two guys who work here afterwards every time. Uh, one is our local science expert who will bring in shortly to talk about the tonight's blood moon that happened uh, earlier this morning and we didn't realize it until uh, it was too late so I think it's called photosynthesis Photos- yep that's the one right here's our uh, local expert coming in uh, Kyle Lira here to terrible to hear. tell us <laughs> here to tell us about what a blood moon is and it's, it's the candles <laughs> where about it? You want. Sit wherever you want. Just, <laughs> hey, don't sit on my three shirts and <laughs> there. Can you hear me from back here? Um, I can. Basically, it's just a lunar eclipse, and you get the color from it because what happens is like, basically, the sun is here. I know this is not making good podcasting at all because you can't see anything. <laughs> the sun goes first, and then you have the Earth, and then the moon. So the sun, or the earth is in between both the sun and the moon. And you would think that there would not be any light shining on the moon, it would be dark. But what's happening is on the edges of the sun, there's light that's being refracted, and so there's different wavelengths that are kind of passing by. And so what's happening is the red light is being refracted off. So what's actually happening on the end is there's a sunrise and a sunset, and it's like the different red colors that you get. Um, And so then what you're seeing is on the moon, is those refracted light beams, and that's why it's red. And technically, what you're seeing on a blood moon is a sunrise and a sunset at oh, the same time. That's pretty cool. Huh. I just woke up from a nap. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me this: Does it have anything? To that do is about as much as I know. But does it have anything? Fake. Does it have anything <laughs> to do with photosynthesis? No. <laughs> okay. There's no, get plants. There's no plants involved. It's some episode we're going to hit photosynthesis. I'm going to be right on the money. You want me to go back through the no. cycle of photosynthesis? No. I can Did you make up everything that you just said about the blood moon? No. All right. Question. Answer. All right. Do you know why the moon looks closer sometimes than it does other times? Or is that not something you learned in your research the past five minutes? Gravity, right? The earth pulls the moon closer. No. The gravitational <laughs> pull of the tide. Science. It... This is not me stating facts. This is, <laughs> this is more of a educated, very good educated guess. But it has like to do with... Like a hypothesis. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's more like, I'm pretty sure this is true, but if someone were to say something else then that sounded convincing, that I would probably go with that. Stephen Hawking? Oh, wait. He's dead. <laughs> Big dead. <laughs> Um, As opposed to a little bit. Yeah, he's he's big though. Big um, though. All right, but it has to do with the light, um, refracting, reflecting. I think it's the same difference okay. off the moon. Okay. But yeah, the moon also tilts angles too, mm-hmm. so that's a weird thing. Mm-hmm. Because technically, you should have the uh, lunar eclipse at. An inter- like a set interval and all of that, but because it's tilting at angles and stuff, you don't always get it. So we've actually ha- had one earlier this year, in May, and typically it should be over a year before we have 
So if anybody disagrees with uh, Professor Kyle, nope. can they like email us? Yeah. To, email like, uh, hanging in the hangar. Uh, it'll be in the show notes. Um, if anyone has an actual explanation, please let us know, and we'll discuss it on the next episode. <laughs> Tell Kyle how bad of a scientist he really is. <laughs> yeah, do it. You can direct all your comments to yeah, Better yet, if I'm wrong, you can take my job. And I'll take your job. That would, okay, cool. Right. I don't like your job. Uh, grad student at Vanderbilt. If you want that job, <laughs> low pay, reward. <laughs> Kyle, what are, you, what are you doing right now? Like, what are you working on down here? Well, Jared and I were deep into conversation. Um, and that's about all the details I'm going to give on that. Um, <laughs> But uh, I'm not really working on stuff at the moment. For a PhD student, but that seems... But I could be working on <laughs> homework that's due tonight. Uh, and that would be in a class called spectroscopy. So kind of related. That's not a thing. It, spectroscopy? It is a, it is a thing. It's light. So that's why I said it's kind of related. My it God. is related. Amazing. Yeah. Well, did you know, Daniel, that... Uh, Photosynthesis requires light. I heard it. I thought it had uh, something to do with like taking pictures. Taking? Yeah. Yeah. Like physically taking them? Like yeah, like yeah. photos. No, that's a photography. Oh, shoot. Yeah. That's synthesizing photos. The knowledge of pictures, photology. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had two episodes, and somehow Kyle Lira has weaseled his way into an appearance on both episodes. He probably will get in on I think the next weaseled is a strong word. Yeah. Yeah. I was invited twice. <laughs> 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 and I will say that uh, people that listen found my appearances rather charming. Appearance singular. All four of you that listened. We've had 14 on Apple Podcasts, and we've had nine on Spotify. So thank you to our, our listeners. I, 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 I did to say notice rate? a bump in my Instagram numbers, so. Yeah. Correlation doesn't I always equal. follow you. I hear correlation, correlation doesn't always equal causation. But, but in this case, it does. In this case, but, yeah. I think it does. The science, follow the science. That's what I always say. <laughs> yeah. That's wise. Wise men of our country. <laughs> Cal, do you have do you have any Kayla? Let's let's uh, Kayla's still here too. Yeah. Yeah. Do you I'm any, sorry. I didn't mean to take over your your guys' thing. I know that I'm a anyways. Do you have any strong opinions, hot takes? Does anybody on like daylight savings? Yeah, I'm kinda glad it's over. I uh, actually there's a funny story. I was uh, I'm doing this novel writing competition. It's the National Novel Writing Month in uh, November and essentially I was writing super late at night and it was like 1.57 when I checked and then the next time I checked it was uh, 1.14 and I was like wait a second like, and I had no clue what had just happened and then I looked it up and I was like oh daylight savings time has happened and that it was the last one which very excited for because it's always been skewed backwards to me that for some reason during the winter time instead of trying to like even out the amount of light you you get they like remove an hour of light so it gets darker earlier which is very counterintuitive to me it's insane it was based on agriculture i know it's it's ridiculous that was based on like sorry i'm just full of fun facts today i just can't help myself 
it's ridiculous that you clock out of work at five o'clock, some people, and it's already dark outside. It's just ridiculous. No, it's no. What time do you clock out? <laughs> He's still here. I'm still here. At, oh, what time is it? For you? I got here at seven fifty this, this morning, Kyle. This is not work. This 10, is hanging in the hangar. <laughs> yeah. So for anybody that doesn't know, we do Tuesday night Bible study on Tuesday nights. And um, a lot of us just, when we get done, we just hang out, uh, sit around, talk, eat chips, make jokes, throw tortillas, throw tortillas at each other, play nine, nine square, that, <laughs> play nine square, whatever it is. <clears throat> and pull, then, uh, pull hamstrings sometimes. <laughs> every once in a while we pull a hamstring. Daniel, Daniel. By, by we, that is, that is Daniel Meek. Um, Elite athletes. When they stress their muscles past the point of ordinary human as beings. As well as middle-aged men <laughs> trying to play intramural sports. I think we should probably find some middle-aged men and pull them and we'll see. Maybe next week's podcast. Yeah. Well, next week, <laughs> type in, suggest middle-aged men who you know play rec sports that you would like us to bring on the podcast to confirm. We're coming this. on next week. Yeah. We're bringing in the middle-aged men. Tell Bourgeois you're up. Ooh. Uh, I, we were at uh, Top Golf. That man has a mean golf swing, so. Bourgeois does? Oh, oh man. I need, I need to see Bourgeois swing in a golf club. I feel, like, I feel like he has a big swing. He's oh, a pastor. Yeah. You have to. Yeah. He's a pastor. You have to. Yeah. Yeah. Pastors basically work on Sundays and Wednesdays, and they play golf the rest of the time. Is that a before or after clocking out? The, thought, the thoughts and opinions of hanging oh, in the hangar. You're right. Ministry. You're right. Ministry. My bad. Yeah. Thoughts and opinions of hanging in the hangar do not reflect that of Western Community on. Church. <laughs> Getting work done on the golf course. <laughs> yeah. Making deals. <laughs> so, uh, General uh, regrets to inform us there is no joke of the week. So, I suppose uh, the only joke is a middle aged man who has torn his hamstring playing. Daniel no, read, read a joke from the, from yeah. the book of jokes. Okay, I guess we will do it. Random page. This is not an original, but it is, it will be effective. Kayla, do you know what's red and smells like blue paint? Red paint. Blood Red paint. Red paint. See, it was terrible. Easy peasy. I was telling uh, Kyle when we first got in here today that... Which one? I saw... Great question. (laughs) We'll leave that up for you to decide. (laughs) <laughs> I saw a guy with a clam attached to a leash the other day, pulling it behind himself, and I literally thought to myself, "How it's like far?" A SpongeBob I know. I'm like, "How hard is it to walk with a pulled muscle?" That's funny. Wow, that was a good setup. That was good. Thank that was good. you. That was good. Yeah. That Thank was you. Good. For a second, I thought this was real. <laughs> <laughs> How does it that first time? You know, said there was no joke of the week, but proceeded to serve us up too. So yeah. proceeds to have a book on his desk with jokes and flashcards. And his, and says dad jokes served fresh so, daily. So Daniel, if, when you get to be your age, do you have to just like constantly keep flashcards around with dad jokes? So you're just always on it, always yeah. have them. No, I, I don't really I don't really want to be that guy. I've just kind of embraced it. Leah has bought me a couple of different dad joke books. Um, so I this like is people trying to push this on you. Yes. Do you feel I'm a how victim. Do you, how do you feel about that? 
I don't have this feelings. This took a really deep turn. Definitely I, a new host in here. I don't have feelings. I will not talk about feelings. Ever. Next week's podcast, we're going to unpack Daniel's emotions. Yeah. It's going to be a whole... Next week, an episode on uh, the man behind the meek. Why is he so emotional all the time? What's behind that stoic <laughs> face he tries to put on? That that does not sound like something that I will be here for. So maybe uh, <laughs> maybe Kayla can come in for that. <laughs> Unlikely. <laughs> maybe. All right. So I think before we wrap up, just if anybody's interested, a couple of events coming up um, at at West End and specifically for young adults. Uh, next Tuesday night, we're taking a break from mm-hmm. our series in Exodus, and we're gonna have a friendsgiving. Um, we send out a weekly email every Wednesday and, um, we'll post some stuff about it, but there's going to be a sign up genius in a link, um, in our email where you can, we we want everybody to bring something. Obviously not everybody's going to make something, but we'd love for everybody to bring something. And so there's a way to sign up, um, to bring an app or a dessert or a side. We're going to provide the meat. Uh, we're going to provide the the place, um, and we would just love to just kind of hang out with everybody. Uh, hang out, fellowship, maybe play some games. Yeah. Just have a great time. I feel like that ties into the lesson we had tonight. Bring what you're able. Bring what you're able. All right. Well, um, you can find us Tuesday nights at uh, The Hangar at West End Community Church. It uh, starts at 7 p.m. for young adults. And if you are looking to get a question on the podcast, maybe, feel free to email us and we'll look at what uh, you have and see if there's anything that our listeners want us to talk about that we can uh, discuss here. Um, Otherwise, uh, let us know uh, the science behind uh, the blood moon and if we were accurate. Oh, boy. Give us some fact checks and uh, if anyone wants to tell us a joke that Daniel can learn from. Feel free to send one in. See you guys. Thanks, Kayla. Thanks. See ya. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Kyle. I was also here. He was here. (laughs) All right. Bye.